Welcome to Reframe Your Life. I'm Joanne Gibson. And I'm Sandy Reynolds. Together, we bring you our podcast for women who want to live and lead their lives thoughtfully and with intention. On our episodes, we explore diverse topics relevant to all areas of our lives. Hi, Life Reframers. We're going to talk all about women and power. And I don't know what you felt when I just said that word. But Sandy, I just want to get your reaction. When I say the word power, what comes to mind? I don't think I have a positive response to it. You know, when I, I think that when I hear the word power, I feel domination. That's, that's what comes to my mind right away is somebody has power over me. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very interesting word. It's, it's similar to conflict. A lot of people don't like conflict. We know conflict is good in teams and in relationships because then you're really having some truthful dialogue. But power, I think, is one of those words as well. And so for me, I often say uh, we all have power. It is neither positive nor negative. It just is. However, what makes a difference is how you use that power. So if you use it in a negative way to manipulate others, that's, that's a negative but we can use our power in a positive to positively impact others as well. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be talking about what power is, different types of power, how we may use power and how you may gain control over your power today. So first one definition, it's about it's about the ability to control, have authority over or influence. So I really want to just sit with that word influence a bit because We often talk about leadership, and leadership is all about influence. And that is the power of leadership. If you have the ability to positively influence people, then you have leadership ability, and that is power. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a good dialogue. I have a question for you, Sandy. Have you ever felt powerless? Oh, you know what? Probably the answer to that question is yes. So when have you felt powerless? Because <laughs> I think we all do. I think we all sure go through periods do. of feeling powerful and powerless in our lives. So when did you feel powerless and were you able to get out of it or not? Or was it just a, a situation where you felt powerless? So I think a time in my life where I felt really powerless was a situation where um, my husband lost his job. And it was part, it was more than just that. And it's a long story, I won't get into it. But we lost our community and we lost a lot in our, I felt like I lost a lot at the time. It seemed like I was losing, we were losing an income source, we were losing our community role, we were losing uh, friends, and there was just a, a loss, you know. Um, was it like loss of identity? Yes, yeah. loss of identity. Like it was just uh, like a full-on loss. Like yeah. there were there were people that would pass us on the street and not talk to us kind of thing that had been our friends and been in our house. Like it was kind yeah. of a, a big deal at the time. So I felt very powerless. And in thinking about it, I feel like what was at the root of that was I had no control. Like I didn't feel like I had any control in the situation. I had no say. It wasn't my job. No one came and asked me how I felt about it or, you know, I couldn't intervene in any way. Like I was just sort of a bystander and um, 
and some somebody else was making decisions about my life. Mm. Yeah. How about you? <laughs> I'm not gonna let you unpack it. <laughs> I have felt powerless. I feel powerless when there's chocolate in the house. <laughs> When I'm shopping for clothes, if they okay. fit me really nicely, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I joke. It, it's true though. Some willpower. But I can have willpower, as you know, right. for certain things. And when I put my mind to it, but there's certain things that I feel like I am powerless over. I think when people in positions of authority has have exerted power over me. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been times, obviously, when I've, when I've felt most powerless. I also think when I get stuck in the story in my head and the assumptions of what others may be thinking and, and doing, that can often leave me feeling powerless. I, I work very hard to go to ask myself, why am I letting these thoughts have power over me? Right. So, so yeah, I do, I do feel powerless. I was just thinking, we did an episode recently on travel, and we had, we didn't talk about this at all, but I think one of the things when you're traveling sometimes is you feel like you're just at the mercy of everything that's going on, like the airline, the security, the customs, like you have no power whatsoever. You're just, you know, you're just like walking along, and whatever happens, you just hope for the best. Yeah, yeah. And we were in exit row, so does that mean we have the power? In oh, that? yeah, you do. You don't want to ever use that power. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. So, and, and what did we do to get out of that situation? I mean, it must have been a lot of self-talk for you, like it was, it is for me, if I get into those situations of uh, getting too stuck in my head, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to unpack a little bit about how we, how we kind of gain power back when things aren't in, in our control. Yes. We'll talk about what's in our control. Uh, so on the flip side then, when have you felt powerful? Okay, well, I think as a mom you feel powerful sometimes. Like you, because <laughs> I'm the mother, that's why. You have those moments. I have felt powerful a lot of times um, when I'm you know, when I'm managing people, when I'm in a leadership role where I get to make decisions that impact other people's lives and, um, and not just impact other people, but circumstances and outcomes, you know, you have power to, to purchase things on behalf of an organization or hire people or do those kinds of things. It's a very powerful feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I likewise, but I also, I mean, people know I teach fitness classes and I do a lot of team facilitation and I feel powerful in those positions if you like yeah you know I get to choose what music we're going to listen to when we're doing our cycling class I know what's coming next in the team development and stuff and often people in the room don't right right? so I have to embrace my power when I stand up there I can't be meek mild and lack confidence I have to be um not cocky but I have to be powerful and project my voice and um, be able to manage the situation so similar to you so so yeah there's times when uh, we both feel powerless and powerful so let's talk about I'm just going to interrupt yeah, you sorry. know when, sorry you know when you feel powerful whenever you're the person 
who has anything that somebody else wants. So I'm just thinking like when you're selling a house, you feel more powerful than when you're buying a house, yeah. right? You feel like you've got, you know, I can turn down your offer. Yeah. It's up to me whether I accept your offer. Yeah. When you're buying, it's a little bit of, please take my offer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially emotion, emotion comes into it, right? Yeah. You really, really want that house. Yeah. Yeah, power in negotiation yeah. is a whole nother power, really. It's very interesting, yeah. Well, that leads us to the first type of power, which is positional power. Right. Right? And that comes into negotiation. So what position are you in? There's formal positional power, which is associated with a title or position. You know, you have a job to do and you have power over the machine or people or things or whatever it is. Budget, you know, responsibilities associated with that. So I think, you know, it's just a way in England talking to people at a wedding, you know, you have those conversations about politics. <laughs> Everybody's really interested in American politics right now. Well, and they're having their own struggles over Right, there. exactly. <laughs> yeah. True. And so somehow I got into this conversation and that was one of the comments someone made. They were saying that Trump has positional power, but he doesn't have respect. He doesn't have moral authority. He doesn't have the other kinds of power. So he is the you know commander-in-chief of a superpower, but he doesn't have any other power yeah, for people. That's and right. And we don't want to get into politics, and we're Canadian, and you know whatever we can be armchair critics on what's going on in another country. But I thought it was an interesting comment, and it you know fits into this discussion. Oh well, it's true. It's you know you think of any um, person in a positional role of power. Um, okay, so they have positional power, but is that really how you want to influence people? You know, just because I said, because I'm the mum. You know, <laughs> or do you want to influence the children in a different way, right? So that they can see how this is going to be good for the family or whatever the situation is, right? Yeah, yeah. So but, you know, I had a similar thing last year. I was consulting with an organization, and there was I was working with the new CEO, and she was saying she was doing these focus groups, and she was asking people questions about the organization and in one of our meetings this came up that you are you aware that people are telling you what you want to hear and what they think you want to hear you're not actually getting honest feedback from them you're getting a version of what's happening that they think you're going to like and she was surprised and it was like you're the CEO Nobody in their right mind is going to give you anything other than what they think you want to know. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that that's a downside of being in a leadership role like that. You have to work very hard yes. for people to feel comfortable with you because you have a position of power. Yeah. Yeah. It's constant, right? It's nothing right. you can just say, oh, well, you know, I have a collaborative style. It's, it's constant. You have to walk the talk and... Um, and you have to be available to people and you have to support people in their own decisions. And Yeah, no, totally. And it's like subconscious for people. Right, right? yeah. So, yeah. 
kind of opposite to positional power, if you like, is relational power. And that is power um, based on relationships mm-hmm. and collaboration and reciprocity and whatever it is that you're doing. And at the source of this power is the desire to work with someone else. But having been involved in collaborations, it takes a long time to build that trust, mm-hmm. relational trust. I mean, you even think about it with friendships, yeah, right? We, we, we might not be working with each other, but we have relational power with each other. And you and I have had a great day today talking about how we're influencing each other yeah. in, in positive ways. And that's basically coming from relational power. Yeah. So I just had this um, thought about, have you ever heard the expression, blood is thicker than water? Yes. So I just realized or just found out what that actually means. I always thought it meant, so this is relational, yeah. I always thought it meant that blood is thicker than water or that basically if you're related by blood family yeah family then that's a stronger bond yes than something else and it's actually the opposite of that oh i know this is really interesting kind of thinking for me and i can't remember where i heard it this and i've looked it up and this is the origin of the expression it has everything to do with relationship and not um with family ties so blood is stronger than water so water is birth like water represents the physical birth like your water breaks and blood is the relationship that people that people predominantly men made in war together and so they would die for each other and they would form these bonds on the battlefield that they would have for their entire life and those relationships those bonds would overpower any other relationship that they had in their life and that's that's that expression but it is kind of interesting to talk about but it is it goes to that relationship and when you sometimes are in a place where there are high stakes with people and a bond can form that is really like can be lifelong yeah yeah i think that's what we've achieved yeah yeah. You know, because of the experiences that we've gone through and we had to work together, we had to collaborate together. Originally, when we were first developing our relationship, right? Yeah. And we had to work in teams ourselves. But it wasn't about exploiting the relationship. It was, we're all in this together. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it used to be one of our sayings, we're all in this together and we're going to help each other. So, yeah. I'll have to look it up and put it in the show notes, These uh, a link to where that saying came from but it is it is interesting relational power is very significant and can you know you see that how deals are made and um they can go behind the people in positions of power yes because of a relationship yeah well you think of people now getting jobs because of who you know who you know right who who you know and then if you're in a power position to give someone who you know a job yeah you know that that happens all the time i'm not saying that's negative oh no it's Uh, it's actually i you know i think as we're talking about power i think it's smart yeah to be aware of that and to build those kinds of relationships you know as we talked about social media on another episode as well and one of the strengths of social media is the ability to build relationships and to connect with people in a way that you may not be able to connect in other ways in your life. Yeah. 
So that leads us to personal power then. Okay. Which is within our control. <laughs> and it is based on developing those solid foundational relationships. It's um, also based on the principles of liking, like you like each other, right? Right. So um, there's, to me, personal power is kind of divided into two. There's personal power that you have in relation with others and there's your own personal power to, to, that you have in relation with yourself, I guess. Yeah. You know, taking control of your own thoughts, your own story in your head, um, the ability to make a decision. You know, a lot of people don't stop to think, oh, actually, I have the power to make a decision about what I want to do in this situation. Right. You Not know? being a victim. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. Not being a victim. You know, are you going to be done to or you are going to be choose to be a creator of your life? So that is personal power. And, I, and that's why we say relationships is part of our model. Like yeah. it is so strong. Um, when I was on vacation recently, I was in Holland. So in two places, um, well, actually three places I visited, but one was the Anne Frank house. So, you know, I didn't go through the house, but we went by and it was lined up forever. But there's someone who had personal power, like mm -hmm. in, a, in a situation where all of her power was taken away, she still managed in a subversive way to not succumb to the reality of her situation, right? Yeah. And there was another, Corrie ten Boom, her, her name was, um, another woman who, a Dutch woman who um, took in, she was a shopkeeper and, and they took in Jews who were hiding as well and kept them in the back of their shop. So, you know, there are people who in those situations choose to not become victims and to to own their own power and their own choice even though it could ultimately cost them their lives they see themselves as powerful yeah. in that situation yeah personal power is kind of the power that's left when positional and relational isn't there because right. at the end of the day it's based on a relationship based on respect and trust and communication yeah this doesn't disclude the fact that you can have positional power and relational power and personal power in different contexts and in different situations, mm -hmm. right? Or at the same time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think ultimately positional power only takes you so far. Yeah. You know, you can have those roles, but yeah, like you're saying, you if you don't build relational relationships, then you will always be looking over your shoulder to see who's coming for you. You know, there, you'll never be able to really relax into that role because all you've got is the title and that can be taken away from you. Yeah, yeah. That's like the difference between the boss and the leader. Right? Yeah. So do you want to be in a, a position of boss and, and there's no respect and, yeah. and there's no influence or do you really want to be a leader, which is more that relational piece and people are doing it because because of you and who you are yeah well look at someone like mother Teresa mm. right like she had a lot of power and but not really any big position yeah but it was all relational yeah you know people who worked with her and knew her um, I mean I've never read a lot about her but just from you know the stories I've told and I know someone who actually did go and work with her 
she was a pretty incredible person relationally you know she would relate to the down and out in the society you know the lepers and the people that with AIDS that in that time that no one else wanted to touch she was there building power or building relationships that gave her an authority yeah yeah so think about your personal power or relational mm-hmm. power because we've spoken about positional power, and I think we've both been... We, everyone gets it. Yeah, we've, we've all been in positions. The people listening to us are quite intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> they understand that. I get it. <laughs> really, what is the power about? It's about influence. Yes. Right? It's about influencing either yourself and taking control of what you want to do or influencing others. And right. as I said, we want it to be from a positive perspective rather than a negative. So can you think of a time when you've influenced someone? And the type of power that you may have used? I want to say yes, because I always want to say yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I know that people have told me that I influenced influenced a choice they made or a decision they've made. So, um, yes, definitely. Yeah. And it was relational. And, um, you know, okay, now I'm I'm thinking of an example. Somebody I know chose to go to Royal Roads because of the relationship that I have with them and the things that we talked about and because they have they trust me mm-hmm. they felt like they would they would go there as well based on my recommendation so yeah. I think that's an example maybe not a huge one yeah. but an example yeah no I think mine is the same in terms of um, people often say I inspire them to um, exercise or eat healthy or live the life they want to live mm-hmm. and so uh, that's coming from my personal power and I think that's actually the nature of a good relationship mm-hmm. I think that you influence each other hopefully to live better and make better choices and you inspire each other and you are better because that person's in your life yeah I hope everyone understands. I mean, number one, I think because we are women, we have a certain amount of power. Yes, we also can be very powerless in certain situations. Should we be talking about sexual power? (laughs) I just thought of that because we're going to go there. Don't edit this out. We're not going to have a big conversation about it. But I think often, historically especially, that has been one domain where women have felt comfortable owning their power is sexually. It's sometimes um, women feel like that's the only power they have in a relationship is sexual power. So I have a friend, she's quite high up in a very male-dominated industry and actually head offices in Europe. She's quite high up, VP or higher, and I was talking to her about going over quarterly for board meetings and stuff, and she said oh yeah I'm the only woman in the room and I said do you know how much power you have you are the only woman in the room (laughs) if you can stand in that power and and speak to what is being spoken about you have the power there and it was funny I just was dinner party we kept eating and drinking and then it's actually six months later she said you know I've been to two more meetings and the way I walk into that room now is very different that's great. And I do. I, I, I just kind of say to myself, you know what? You have power here. 
Well, I think that's really wise of you to say that because it is. And I think as women, we don't often talk about our power. We shy away from the whole conversation. And it's it's good to think about where do I have power? Where where is the you know my relational power? Where is my positional power? Where is my personal power? And and be smart about it. Yeah. Yeah, for, for the positive, like we said. Yeah. So how can we become more powerful? So as Sandy said, really think about it and take stock. Understand what is in your control. Mm-hmm. Right? You have power over what is in your control. So we don't have power about what other people think about us. Taking control of your story and understanding, okay, you know, I don't have power over this, but I do have power over this. And this is what I'm going to think. Or this is the action that I'm going to take in this situation. Mm-hmm. One of the TV programs that I really like is Scandal. And in um, on Scandal, Olivia Pope is the main character. And she's a Washington fixer. So she's a PR person. And she talks a lot about the idea that whoever controls the story holds the power. And, you know, we see that play out in politics all the time. I think there's a lesson for us in our own lives as well that... We, as women, need to be aware of the story that we're telling ourselves about power and about the situation that we're in and recognize, like your example of your executive friend, that she has power as a woman and that we don't have to be victims, that we can find healthy ways to own our power. Mm-hmm. It's like the celebrities when they get in front of a story before the media does. Right. They're doing it to control the narrative, take power back. Yes. So they get to choose how the story is told. Right. Rather than the tabloids. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Another one is developing resilience, learning to recover from shocks or negative situations that may be happening in your life, believing in yourself, you know, believing that you can do something or you can get out of that situation. Mm-hmm. So, of course, depending what it is, there might be a bit of time of analysis, but it's not staying in the victim or the blaming mode Mm -hmm. and uh, getting into more the the creator. Okay, this has happened to me. Cancer has happened to me or my mother is ill or whatever it is. How can I control what I can control with the power that I have? You know, it's interesting you bring that up because I've actually been working through that right now because I have felt very vulnerable after having cancer and that was four years ago and I still really struggle with health issues, like my story around my health Mm. and not feeling resilient and I always felt very strong, like I could handle whatever came my way, even if it was hard, I felt like I could handle it, but cancer knocked me down and I've been working recently on that and and my story around resilience and actually that was the question someone gave me is what is your story on resilience and how can you rewrite that to have more power and I realized that it was it was about feeling in control and that I could rewrite that story to say that I can work through whatever happens and find a way through it and I'm, I'm just still in the process but it's interesting you brought that up yeah I'd like to actually hear from anybody listening on that because 
I'm really interested right now in how people deal with adversity in their life and how they regain that feeling of power. Yeah, I think you see that in when two people go through a similar thing. Right. Right, and one person is thriving and the other person is the devastation of their lives and and the difference is the power and the resilience and, and how they choose to act and react to that situation, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So that is a power. Uh, developing your network is another way to gain power yes as well um power in relationships you know there's there's a lot of power in having relational connections out there not to be used and abused you know to to build and maintain relationships um, based on mutual reciprocity and um and engagement and and more more giving than receiving yeah now i used to shy away from building relationships with people in positions of power because I had this kind of story in my mind around that about, oh, I don't want them to think I'm just being their friends because they're in this position. So, you know, if I went into a room and there was somebody, you know, who had a great position, you know, that of influence or whatever, I would never go introduce myself to that person. I would talk to other people in the room. And I've really uh, become aware as I've got older that, that's just my story and I'm not being connecting with that person because of their position of power but not to introduce myself and not to to exclude them was not a good idea either and so I've got way more comfortable and smart about building relationships with people regardless of their position and not shying away from it and I think a lot of people are like that a lot of women too they we tend to kind of back away from people of power of positional power mm-hmm. I think another way that we can can really understand power and become more comfortable as women with our power is through learning and I think learning not just formal education but informal education as well is a way for us to really increase our sense of power and understand power. I read an article recently and it was about because of the internet and because of the way that information is disseminated that the old institutions of power no longer exist. So media, we see, you know, the whole thing with fake news and the whole questioning of formal new media stations and and sources institutions whether you know it's churches and corporations and wherever whatever other institutions at one time held power in our society they no longer do and really information now is a source of power so learning and being informed about whatever you're into whatever issues or whether it's your health or whatever it is is a way for us to regain power in our lives yeah yeah definitely power is knowledge right yeah power is knowledge and it helps us make better informed decisions yeah Mm. for sure i think one way to develop power is to build your Mm self-confidence you know i think if you're more confident in yourself and who you are and you know who you are then you're more more powerful to be who you want to be yes you're more assertive yeah just more confidence I think the more confidence you are the more powerful you feel you know it may not have changed anything particularly but it's just it's just that kind of sense of uh, feeling and um, and 
self-esteem, confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I think we've spoken a lot about power. <laughs> we have. I think we've also just scratched the surface. Like I think there's a lot more. We could go a lot deeper with power. Yeah, especially in the whole owning your own story. I think that I'd like to just kind of wrap it up with challenging our listeners to reframe power and their understanding of power and maybe if they have a similar reaction that I do when they think about power to step back and think a little bit about what we've talked about and also to look at ways that they could increase their power because I really believe that we need to hear women's voices in places of power in our world and I would just love to see women stepping more into owning their power. Yeah, couldn't agree more. So that's the challenge to you, our listeners. Thank you very much. Until next time. Hi, Life Reframers. Did you enjoy our episode today? If so, please leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. Also, check us out on all our social media avenues via reframeyourlife.ca.